In an episode of Taking Up Space, featured on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, we explore gender identity and defining oneself through poetry and philosophy. Hi, my name is Ash Haig. I'm queer and I'm transfeminine. I'm also a white settler living on the stolen and ceded lands of the Lekwungen and Wasanich people. There's a quote from Alok Vidmenon uh, who explains that they were not born in the wrong body, they were born in the wrong world. This quote has always resonated with me as Alok draws attention to a toxic gender status quo and encourages us to move beyond a quote Western colonial system that's invested in categorizing everything about us. I've realized since writing Desolate Lands that I don't necessarily feel like a prisoner in my own vessel, but rather lost in an ocean of stereotypes and false assumptions about my body and how this supposedly defines who I am or how I traverse the world. There is no monolithic trans narrative, and we all have unique relationships with our bodies, and I think that's really powerful. This podcast was sponsored by the Community Radio Fund of Canada. To listen to the full story, visit cfuv.ca. The University of Victoria Student Society, the Martlet, and CFUV are proud to present the following candidates forum for the city of Saanich, originally recorded on October 6. Okay, all right, Zach, please go right ahead when you're ready. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Zach DeVries, and I've had the honor of serving you as a Saanich councillor for the past four years. My student experience is such a recent memory for me, and I owe a lot to you, Vic, for my education, but I owe a lot more uh, to the people who I met while I was here. Uh, they've greatly enriched my life and helped me uh, shape who I am. I share many of the same concerns that you do about our community, and I am deeply concerned for the welfare of our generations and future generations. In particular, uh, some of these issues are climate change and how this should influence every decision that we make, uh, the rising cost of living and how it's making it difficult for people with low incomes and increasingly people with middle incomes to exist, much less thrive in Saanich. Uh, when you're a student and even when you graduate, it is increasingly and extraordinarily difficult to create your lives here in Saanich. Uh, housing and climate action are my top priorities and they are inextricably linked uh, by equity and inclusion. Um, part of my record the past term, uh, I am the top ranked candidate uh, for housing affordability this election and I championed the legalization of roommates up to six in Saanich and I am the only incumbent candidate who voted against cuts to climate action in the 2020 budget. Councillor Mercero said the other day that I've had the single biggest impact at the council table this term and that my experience in land use planning and transportation policy would be a tremendous asset to the region. I'm asking you to re-elect me to Saanich Council and this time around do one better. Uh, send me to the CRD. Thank, Thank you. you. I will have to cut you off there. Thank you so much and we'll proceed clockwise. Hi, I'm Mayna Westhaver, and I'm thrilled to be here and see all of you today. I was born and raised in Saanich, and my husband and I of 30 years have raised our four boys here. Saanich is definitely what I call home. UVic is also home to me. I attended and did my undergrad and graduated in 95, and I returned as a, a mature student in 2014 and graduated with a master's in a science degree in 2017, which I studied intergenerational physical activity leadership programs and integrated them into schools and into older adult communities right here in Saanich. So I have a really, really strong attachment here and to you as a student. In my student days here, I worked in athletics and recreation and taught the staff Noonan after school uh, fitness classes, so loved that opportunity. I've also worked 35 years in parks, recreation, and community services. I operate two successful businesses. I know how to be fiscally responsible, and my priorities are around climate change, 
safety, affordability to make sure all of you here can learn, feel safe while you're doing it, and be able to stay here. I am also very involved in the community as a volunteer. I don't believe in the word can't. When someone poses a suggestion or something, a place or a person in need, I move forward and I've raised hundreds of thousand dollars and made a positive impact. I look forward to the opportunity to serving you and I ask you to support me on October 15th and vote Mena Westhaver. Thank you for your time. Hi everyone, I'm uh, Rishi Sharma, uh, running for Saanich Council and CRD. Uh, I didn't, uh, I lived in this neighborhood for, for many years, came here when I was four years old, I'm now 47. Uh, I never attended UVic until later in, in my career, and I took some public relations and, and speaking courses and, and communications and writing courses, and it changed my life. Uh, it helped me with my job prospects, it helped me communicate better, and it gave me confidence. Uh, I'm now taking a master's in leadership through Royal Roads. And that's also increasing my confidence. But what I'm learning now and what I'm remembering is how difficult it is to be a student. And uh, if I get on council, I'd like to work with you on, on, and create a dialogue on how we can actually help through the municipality, create more space. It's great to see young candidates like Jordan McDougall here uh, coming forward. And I think we, need, we do need more of that. So how I can help with diversity, inclusion, getting underrepresented groups, uh, to get involved in the process. I would like to be here for you for that. Please get in touch. Um, I'm gonna focus on diversity, equity, inclusion in my answers, so please please understand I'm respectfully doing that because it's something that needs to change quickly. Uh, I've been told I'm not gonna win because I'm not white. I'm told I should be on council because I'm brown. And I'm speaking, uh, and, and those are things that just happened. I was racially accosted two years ago um, so these are things I want to try to bring forward, and I feel this is a safe space to do that. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. Thank you. Where would you like to go? Down on the bottom? Yes, that's right. Thank you. you have a left? Hi there. I'm Natalie Chambers. I'm an organic farmer in the Blankensop Valley, and I am here looking for employees. So. Um, we are recruiting for next spring. Um, I'm very excited to be here. My book was on the course calendar um, for classes. I'm a restoration ecologist. I have spent many, many years here and I feel very, very excited. But be careful because here you will get ideas, ideas that start shifting around and moving. First they'll talk about, you know, global grief and then they'll talk about ecological care and capacity and biospherical collapse and then, oh my goodness, you'll be thinking solutions. You'll be launching into the world. You know, UVic is very important to the platform and who I am polluter pay, not the taxpayer. This is how I became a brat, colleagues, I'm sorry. Anyways, I am glad to be here. It feels so good to be here. And um, I hope y'all um, come check out uh, Madrona Farm. Thank you. Oh, I have a few seconds. Um, it, we've been shut down because of COVID. We, we do uh, the sort of field studies for UVic Restoration Ecology and um, different courses and take students around and show them hands-on how to do agroecology. I'll, uh, I'll stop a little early tonight. Good evening, everyone. My name is Trevor Berry, and I will be appearing at the top of the ballot on the Saanich ballot, both for the councillor 
and the CRD portions of the ballot. Um, I moved here 15 years ago to the South Island to work as the housing manager at UVic. It was an amazing experience. I was starting a career in student affairs, and, uh, and then all of a sudden a different door came knocking, and it was the provincial government in an internship. And I, I knew I was either going to move across the country to continue my career in student affairs, or I was going to stay really close to this campus and this gorgeous part of Canada, and that's exactly what I did. And for the last 15 years, I've worked in the Ministry of Justice and at the Climate Action Secretariat, where I've played a key role as an economic advisor on the Clean BC Plan of Carbon Investments, as well as doing things at the Ministry of Justice on road safety and consumer protection. Um, my time at UVic was special because I also came back and then took public administration courses. And that eventually led to me getting a Pacific scholarship through work to go to the SFU City program where I studied urban economics and land use planning. So at this point, I think you can think of me as someone who understands the student experience, but also one who's very tuned in to the public policy mechanisms of the housing and affordability crisis. And I guess I'll have a chance to talk more about me as the evening goes on. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. I'll start by just thanking everyone for attending, including those that are watching vicariously through the camera. I did not attend the University of Victoria because I could not afford to do so. I grew up in a very modest family, and the only way I could get a university education was to join the military. So I ended up spending four years at Royal Roads Military Penitentiary, which is now Royal Roads University. I graduated as the top cadet with the Governor General's gold medal, went on to get a master's degree, and then more recently, a PhD. All that to be said is that I believe in lifelong learning and the value of education. Both my kids have university degrees and are very successful. What you're going to discover is that the most important issues for this election come down to three things. Experience, commitment, meaning they're going to apply themselves fully, no part-time job or full-time job, and value for your dollar. You need to consider these elements because municipal politics mean a lot more and have a greater impact than you could believe. One of the issues I'm fighting for is to have greater dormitories here at U of Vic for all of you so you can have affordable and safe housing. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm Jordan McDougall. I'm the youngest candidate running this year. I hope everyone's midterms are going well. I know mine are definitely going. Um, and a, a little bit about myself. So I'm still actually a student. I'm doing finishing my last class or two here, um, political science and indigenous studies. So I finished my political science and I'm finishing off with my minor indigenous studies. So recognizing some faces is nice and definitely seeing some younger faces is even nicer. I worked with Indigenous Services Canada um, in governance and capacity and uh, working with lots of nations on a one-on-one -on -one basis and that's something I really want to bring to my platform. I ran with the Green Party in the last federal election in rural northern Alberta, which I would say is not a winning strategy, but it was a valuable experience for me and something I also want to bring into my platform, my um, love for the environment and care for the environment and stewardship of that. Stewardship of that. Um, I've started businesses, I've ran businesses, so I have uh, 30 seconds left. 
Um, and another thing is, the other aspect of my platform is really about looking into my future, a lot of our futures, and a lot of our grandchildren and our future generations, and where are they gonna live? What is the world gonna look like in 10 or 20 years? Am I gonna be able to stay here? I was born here, I was raised here, my parents were born here, and the future is uncertain and it's slightly worrying, but I wanna be a voice of change and uh, strength and try and, and that's all my time. Sasha Izard, and I am proud to not be endorsed by HFL, or as I call them, Homes for Liars. Why do I call them that? Because they openly lie. Here is what they wrote on their website about me, along with their NRA-style colored ranking system. His platform is firmly against housing solutions, and he regularly states his opposition to pro-housing policies or solutions to remedy the current housing situation. Contrary to their claim that they do rigorous research, I was probably the first candidate to present a housing platform on my website, SashaIzard.com. And I would argue that I actually have the most complex and in-depth platform on housing of any of the candidates because my full two-page platform on this specific issue actually looks at the underlying roots of the housing crisis and provides actual solutions to it instead of just saying that there is a housing crisis and attempting to throw populist band-aids on the symptoms without addressing the root problems causing it. In HFL's original About Us on their website, they said that some of their members are developers, but they later took that word out of their About Us page. You can see this using the online Wayback machine. Transparency is very important. Why did they do that? Why do they push supply as the solution over and over again when pushing supply hasn't reduced prices at all, as we saw in Victoria, that had the most massive building boom they've ever had, and at the same time, the prices have skyrocketed there amongst the highest in the country? HFL is pushing a line that is coming from developers that supply will deliver affordable housing, but it won't, and that is the con. They've managed to get UVic students to think that pushing supply will get them affordable housing here, but they won't. As students ask how much the units are going to cost, the market rate housing the development lobby is pushing is targeted at the demographics of wealthy retirees coming in from oil-rich places like Alaska, like Alberta. Thank you very much. My name is Colin. I am so thankful for the UVSS and for the Martlet to put on today's event. In past years, we've had the opportunity to come here and have a student forum where we would be in a room and you'd come by, but to have this opportunity is really awesome. My campaign information is all available at colinplant.com and colinplant.ca, and so I'm gonna actually tell you a little bit about myself because I kind of see tonight as a little bit about speed dating. Uh, it's a little awkward to say that because I'm happily married, but it's the sense of we are going to learn a lot about a lot of people in a short period of time. So here goes. All three of my degrees are from here. I used to host a radio show called Colin and Company at C on CFUV Sunday nights at midnight. I used to write for the Martlet for the theater reviews so I could see shows. I have four kids. I used to live in a, a subsidized housing complex right across from the Gordon Head Road. I was poor when I graduated. I was very lucky to have affordable housing. I raised four sons starting in affordable housing. I was lucky to become a high school teacher, and that allowed me to have a quality of life that allowed me to buy a small home in Souk. I understand the issues of young people and students because I teach them every day and because I have four young sons. I call them cadults because they still live in my home and I want them to have a future. We're gonna talk a lot tonight, but I'm hoping you're willing to consider me as one of your candidates. 
Hi there, I'm Judy Brownoff. I uh, emailed a whole bunch of times and uh, was never, I got other messages. So I am here and I'm uh, currently a sitting member of council. Um, my three platforms are, are pretty, really strong. Climate change, I've been working on climate change issues for years. Uh, I ripped out my lawn a number of years ago and I replaced it with a rain garden. I disconnected my downpipe and now I've got pollinators and I've got garter snakes. So um, when the heat dome happened, I was devastated at how many vulnerable people were died from it. So Saanich, currently, we're looking at some heat mapping so we can identify where we need to help people. Um, housing. We've got to be more creative with housing. Uh, for me, it's about affordability. It's about uh, accessibility. And it's also about sustainability. And the last thing for me is how we retain improve and make our environment more healthy because part of our environment is also part of our climate change program so on october 15th i hope you will re-elect me judy brownoff to senate council and send me back to the crd thanks thank you and now we'll move up here hello Okay, it's on. Hi, everybody. My name is Bianca Chu. My Mandarin name is Zhu Yanjie, for anybody who would like to know. You might have seen some of my signs around. I've got both names because I believe in inclusivity and I believe in diversity. So I'm so excited to be back on campus. Thank you so much to the Martlet UBSS and everybody in this room for having us and for listening. And thank you so much for making this accessible to everybody who is watching because midterms are here. <laughs> um, and I just wanna let you know for me why I, or I guess a little bit more about me. My connection to UVic runs pretty deep. Um, I was born in Taiwan but, and moved to North Delta with my family at a young age, but I moved to Saanich in 2009 for school where I studied sociology, concentration in health and aging, so I really care about people, political science because I really want to understand systems, and business because I really wanted a job. And so I was here and I thought I'd just be here for school, but I ended up just forgetting to leave. And I worked at the University of Victoria for over a decade at the Vikes, working with student ambassadors, Vikes Nations, as well as supporting um, more programs for students. I am at BiancaChu.com and I really believe in helping to understand more about you and from a lived intersectional experience. And I look forward to speaking to you more. Thank you so much. Hi, uh, I'm Dean Murdoch. I'm running to be Saanich Mayor. I'm a three-term Saanich Councillor and CRD Director. Uh, like uh, Trevor and Rishi, I work for the provincial government and I teach a class at Camosun in political science. I studied uh, political science here at UVic many years ago and finished an MA here as well. Uh, I'm running because I love Saanich and this year I've spent uh, a lot of time talking to Saanich residents who love it too but they're concerned that what they love about Saanich is slipping away. They're concerned about affordability. They're concerned about road safety and the ability to get around in our community safely. And they're concerned about the impacts of our changing climate. So I I'm running because those things concern me too. I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old and I'm, I wanna make sure they've got a future in Saanich. I wanna make sure that their children have a future in Saanich. 
the challenges that we're facing are serious and urgent. We can't solve them if we're divided. People expect their leaders to work together and to listen. It's not enough for us to just talk about affordability. We need leadership that knows how to move forward to deliver solutions and create results in our community. I'm Dean Murdoch, and I'm asking for your support to be Saanich Mayor on October 15th. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Karen Harper, and I'm seeking your support for a second term on Saanich Council. Uh, my family moved, since we're doing the, how do we relate to the universe, my family moved to Saanich 55 years ago, and we moved in on Canada Day, on Canada's 100th birthday, go figure. In any event, I went immediately to UVic, it's where I have one of my three degrees, and what, and then I went on to become a teacher, then I was a union activist, so I worked at the Teachers Federation for many years, I've been a union president, I've been a labor negotiator, and then I, my final 10 years I worked at the Pension Corporation where I was a senior vice president and in charge of IT. So, all of, so I had a lot of opportunities in my life and that really has informed my platform. And my platform is based on housing for all, climate change, and also fiscal re accountability so that we can all afford to live in a place. And so those three things actually fit together. So my vision for Saanich and for really for all of us is that it be a vital sustainable place where all of us and all of you can afford to live and if you want to be here. And quite frankly, as a baby boomer, my real wish is that everyone would have the same opportunities that we had because they were immense. No one should be living in their car to go to university. No one should be couch surfing. And this is really going to be my priority to improve our housing. Thank you. Good evening, UVic students, alumni out there. My name is Art Pollard. I came down to UVic in the summer of 1977 with a dirty old trunk, a 10-speed bike, and my parents' blessing to get out of the house. I began a long association with UVic, and it's going over 45 years this year. I started out when I came back after that terrible first year, you know, we all party a little bit too much, we don't get the grades, and you get the letter that says, hey, your grades are below sea level, it's time to take a little break from UVic. Renewed, I came back in 1979. I got elected to the Alma Mater Society, which is now the Board of Directors. One of the very first motions I tried to get was to get UVic a long-term vision for increasing the housing. And we're talking 40 years ago. One of the things I'm most passionate about is advocating for that housing over the last 40 years. You got some this year, but you need a lot, lot more, and the same with Camosun. So I'm strongly advocating for that. I got my degree in political science in 83, and even since then I've been trying to get more education at UVic, and I hope to finish a business degree next year. In the 90s, I joined the UVic Alumni Association, strengthening my commitment to the university spent six years on the Alumni Association doing a variety of tasks and eventually serving as Vice President of your Alumni Association. I was married at UVic in 96 in that beautiful and chapel. All the time you have. Thank you. And I'd like your support. Please vote artpollard.ca. Oh, apparently not moving quite that far. Hi, I'm Mark Learn Young, he, him. I am also a UVic grad, degree in theater and creative writing back before they took the creative out of it. 
And I moved back here about 10 years ago to start teaching writing at UVic. So right now I'm teaching a Marvel course. I've also taught courses in DC, Pixar, Creative Being. I've taught over 2,000 students since the start of the pandemic. But the course that was really life-changing for me was I teach a course in human writing. And what I always ask students, what students always ask me is, what should we write about? And I say, what scares you? What makes you angry? And the reason that was life-changing was so many of their stories were about the issues they were facing, finding places to live. There's a food bank down the hall here. We should not need a food bank at a world-class university. Students should not be sleeping in their cars, in yurts, couch surfing. The housing horror stories really are a nightmare. 30% of UVic students are food insecure. Food insecure because they're spending too much money. You are spending too much money on your housing. 30%. That's obscene. So, oh, I'm getting the 15 seconds. So, main reason I'm running for council, or one of the main reasons I'm running for council, you, and if I feel, still have a few seconds, if you are in my class, yes, the final, I the test tomorrow is open book. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Teal Phelps Bondaroff, he, him, and I'm a researcher and a community builder. I work as the director of research for Oceans Asia. We're a marine conservation organization that fights wildlife crime and works to protect our oceans around the world. I have a PhD in international politics, and I also do a lot of other research on everything from tax policy, road safety, reproductive justice, and a wide range of marine conservation issues. Over the pandemic, I somehow became the world-leading expert in sea cucumber wildlife crime. I'm happy to talk about that with you afterwards. But I'm also a community builder. I'm the person who helps build little free libraries around the region. Just a few weeks ago, we cut the ribbon on the 650th little free library and delivered our 75,000th book. And I believe that we can build community by designing spaces that connect people. I'm also very passionate about equity and inclusion I, um, and reproductive justice. I'm the chair and co-founder of the Access BC campaign for free prescription contraception, which was endorsed, endorsed by the UVSS a few years back. Thank you. Um, and I've been fighting for that for several years. And here in Saanich, I'm looking to apply my decades of experience fighting for affordable housing, working to make our streets safer and more accessible, and making a more connected and sustainable Saanich. You can find more information about me at teal.ca, and on election day, please vote for teal, like the color, and duck. Thank you. Hi, I'm Leslie Miller Brooks. I'm a recently retired occupational therapist with a specialization in upper extremity rehabilitation. I retired a couple of years ago, but a few years back, about four, I met Greta Thunberg, not live, but met her on television. And I was shocked about a young woman who wouldn't want to go to school because she was so worried about her future. So then I began my journey with the environment. And last two years ago, I started sitting on the steps of the legislature every Wednesday to talk to anybody about climate change, what they knew about climate change, how they felt about climate change, and after a little while, I started thinking, well, what do we do about climate change? So I got a petition together last year for an environmental bill of rights, which I got Adam Olson to take up to the legislature in last November, which was my proud moment last year. 
Anyway, I'm very concerned about densification here, housing for you guys. I've got some creative ideas around that. I'm also concerned about people getting their solar panels on their roofs and having protection for that and many other issues. Okay, it's good to be back. The last time I won election, I was Vice President Services of the UVSS. I'm gonna let you use your imagination for how long that might have been. I also ran for the BC Greens. I did not win. It turns out running against a Minister of Agriculture was not that smart either. Um, I'm gonna implore you to ask some other people about my commitment to climate change because they're in the room. You could ask Sani, you could ask Elena, you can ask, you know, the Rhodes Scholar nominee over there, Emily. They're around this room. When they wanted to talk about sustainability and the awards that Sanich had won, they asked Parker Little to speak. They didn't actually ask me. They asked Parker. And if you want to run for mayor, I suggest that you get it done ahead of time. Um, I'm also a professor here, an instructor. I teach cross-disciplinary methodology so that teachers can talk about all of the different ways we can solve the challenges of our time, right? This is what I do for a living. I run an institute for global solutions. I remember when my son turned nine and plugged our car in for the first time. He's now 19 and playing for the Vikes. My sons have never put gas in a car. My commitment is long and I will stick with you. I have served my students with a master's degree in science from Earth and Ocean Science here. I would love to serve in an official capacity in Saanich. Thank you all for being here. I'm Fred Haynes, and I've been your mayor for the past four years. And before that, I was a councillor. When I ran for council in 2014, along with Councillor Plant, I was the first candidates to be recognized by the Green for our green credentials. And I've walked that talk, as I believe has Colin. In my personal life, I've received environmental awards from BC Greenshores and from BC Hydro for the ecological sensitive way my wife, Kathy, and I live. My two sons have just graduated from UVic during the COVID times, and it wasn't a good time. I'm an advocate for mental health. I'm an advocate for housing. I'm an advocate for climate change, and I'm an advocate for economic renewal so that every one of you can have a fantastic job here in Saanich. Today, you're seeing a large building come up on the campus for accommodation. I was part of the group that moved the province to release the funding flexibility so campuses across BC could fund that housing. I worked with UVSS and the BC Students Association, and I carried the message into the Union of British Columbia Municipalities where it was voted on, and then UVic was the first to get that funding. What I am is the mayor who will be there for you every day, not when, you need, when, not when I just need your vote. I'm wearing the GVAC, Greater Victoria Acting Together scarf that I pledged on Sunday over the weekend to honor and deliver housing for on campus, deliver housing that's in the community. The I'm the. Thank, you. I'm Thank sorry. you, that's all the time you have. Yeah. Wow. Before you start there, can we have this front mic turned up? Thank you. Thank you. 
Go right ahead. Hello, my name is Jordan Reichert, he, him. Uh, I uh, want to tell you a story about the three times I've been to school. The first time was at Camosun College. I went and uh, became a marine electrician and did that for several years. Then I went back to school again and I became a mental health and addictions worker. And I've been doing that for the past 15 years for Island Health, working with some of the most vulnerable people in our community. Then there's the next time I came to UVic and I did a double major in sociology and philosophy. Not exactly the most employable skills. So I decided to run in politics. When, and that was supposed to be a joke, of course. I got you to laugh still. And I, using those skills and critical thinking, I've also been working as an environmental conservationist for the past seven years with a federal nonprofit. I'm asking you to elect me, to send me to school again on Saanich Council because nobody up here has all the answers and our job is to work together to figure things out. That's an opportunity that I have to earn and that I want to empower you with, to try to send eight people, one of them being myself plus a mayor, <laughs> to make a difference for you on city council. Thank you. Hi, my name is Susan. To be here. You started my career, or pre my career as a teacher here at UVic. It sounds like we're having an alumni meeting here tonight. After teaching, I became interested in how are the decisions made that affect our lives. And as a mother of a two and three year old, I ran for the school board and found out how to affect change. I have served provincially as the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. But now, locally, on Saanich Council, I find I really can deal with the issues closest to the people in our community. One of my responsibilities is I chair the Victoria Regional Transit Commission, a hugely important part of the student's life. Under my leadership, we identified that we needed to have a student on the commission, and therefore, we finalized that, and now every year it alternates between UVic and Camosun. I want to continue to help students with their transit needs. Very few people get as excited as I did walking across the new exchange tonight. We were here a few weeks ago opening it. It's fabulous. We can do more. Susan Bryce, Saanich Council, and the CRD. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name is Kathleen Burton, she, her. Thank you for having us out this evening and enjoy your pizza. <laughs> My daughter goes to school here. And in fact, the last time I was in this building, I was over at the pub because she was uh, competing in Battle of the Bands. She's in the midst of her midterms right now as well. I don't go to school here. I do, however, go to school. I go to Royal Roads University and I'm doing a Master's of Environment and Management there. I can also relate to a number of you that are struggling with housing. And it's horrible, and you shouldn't have to deal with it. And I can relate for two reasons. 
my daughter, who I mentioned earlier, has moved home because she can't afford to have her apartment and go to school. I left home very young, and I was one of those couch surfers, and I did it for a very long time, and I don't want you to have to be doing the same things. I was fortunate to have lots of family who had friends who would allow me to do that, but not everyone has that opportunity and they have to be in their cars. If you vote for me, I will promise to help with housing, with mental health, and with the environment. It's KathleenBurton.ca. Oh, and speaking of environment, I didn't print brochures, and I only have 16 big signs and 30 small signs because I'm trying to do my bit to save the environment. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Basil Langevin. Like most of you, I'm a renter. My partner and I live together in a basement one-bedroom suite for which we pay $1,500 a month. And you know, the sad thing is, the two of us consider ourselves lucky because the average one-bedroom rent now is $2,100 a month. And now, our biggest fear, fortunately, is not making rent next month, though I know so many friends and classmates at UVic who do fear that. But my fear is being kicked out of our place because I know we would struggle to find our next apartment, to struggle to find our next place to live. I've met so many students who live out of their vans, live out of their cars. I go to class with them. You go to class with them if you're a student. I know we have some non-students and some alumni in the room here tonight. But the reality is this election is about our future. Municipalities have a key role to play in solving our housing and our climate crises. And as we look at these crises upon us, it's really easy to feel discouraged and worried about the future. I'm sure many of you in this room know much more about the reality of what's coming um, than the average citizen. But I'm running because I believe a better future is possible. I believe we can build housing that lets us... Oh, that was fast. Basil Langevin, thank you. What concrete actions will you take to ensure there is more affordable housing in Saanich for low-income students, or for low-income citizens, sorry, and renters? And the first candidate to speak on this question will be Jordan McDougall. One minute for this question. Is it working? There we go. Hello, Jordan McDougall again. Increasing affordable housing for low-income citizens, residents, students alike is crucial. We see, we look at Gordon Head and we have this mix of students living in houses and we have long-term residents as I walk around Gordon Head and it's, it's clear that 
the struggle is real for people who are trying to maintain their neighborhoods and parking, and then the struggle is real for students who are just trying to get by another month and another year. I think we need to come at it from two angles. We need to increase our social housing, and we need to increase our market housing. We need to increase, make sure that the processes in the municipality actually cater to what the community needs. So when we're densifying key corridors like Uptown and Quadra, we need to make sure that what we're actually building is catering to our community. We need to make sure that our processes for, um, for uh, applying for affordable housing, like cooperative housing and, um, and income-based uh, rentals, actually go through faster so that we that can- That is all the time you have, thank you. And uh, clockwise. We are treating this as a circle. I know the format is strange, but we will go like this as clockwise. So yes, next to you. Thank you. Sasha Eisert again. So I'm calling in my platform for downzoning as opposed to upzoning. The developers want to upzone, which is they want to put a whole bunch of expensive housing uh, at the public's cost and uh, at their profits. Um, now I get to finish what I wanted to say before. Haha. <laughs> HFL is pushing a line that is coming from developers that supply will deliver affordable housing, but it won't, and that is the con. They've managed to get UVic students to think that pushing supply will get them affordable housing here, but they won't. As students ask how much the units are going to cost, the market rate housing the development lobby is pushing is targeted to the demographics of wealthy retirees coming in from other places, e.g. oil-rich Alberta, and there's no way starving students are going to be able to compete with them for housing at market prices. The development lobby's for-profit game is a game of doublespeak, and unfortunately they've convinced a lot of UX students to tow their line. But at the end of the day, they are being used by them. A real solution? Ban housing speculation! Thank you. Thank you. On to Colin. Thank you. I heard the word concrete actions. So I'm going to tell you three or four that just jumped to mind as I made notes during this question being asked. Number one, I've been a champion at council on something called inclusionary zoning. What is inclusionary zoning? The idea is that when you build units, there are units that are dedicated in that building to those who have less, so that there is affordability built into those units. Every type of building that has multiple units being built in Saanich needs to have affordability baked in. We need to have density in our corridors. That's where we need to grow. And we need to allow density there so people who are students can live near the places where there's transportation. We need to lobby UVic to build more housing. This is a great start, what you have just outside of this building, but it's not enough. You heard that. We need to lobby the BC and federal governments to continue to invest in housing and be recipients of that funding. Thank you. That is all the time you have. Standing up against racism is an ongoing battle. How will you help? Everyone should be treated equally, and the legal system should work for the people, not against them. Every day, our network of supporters, lawyers, and educators from across the country continue to fight against injustice and oppression, both in and outside of the courtroom, and at all levels of government. This message is brought to you by the Canadian Anti-Racism Youth Coalition. Visit caryc.ca for more information about how you can stand up and speak out. Hello and Namaskar, I am Manoj 
I'm Seema. Every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m., we host the Bollywood India radio program on CFUV 101.9 FM. We play a variety of Bollywood songs, talk about Indian festivals, and invite community members. So don't forget to listen to Bollywood India on CFUV.ca. So I'm, hor- I'm horrified at some of the units that you live in, uh, door knocking and, and uh, it's substandard. And so for me, it's about your safety. And we can't address the safety aspect without these houses that have been converted to have rooms and have doors and you pay 800 a month uh, without licensing them. And then fire can look at it. I was horrified when Mark mentioned there was a posting that said someone lives in a room with no windows. Under the Fire Act, you have to have two exits. Another thing I want to look at is Canada Home Share. SFU is doing it. What it is is seniors who are staying in their home uh, rent to a student, but it's managed through the university. So you help the uh, you help the seniors stay in the home, and you get rents from between. I think uh, SFU was three to six hundred a month for doing some things for the for the senior, and that that addresses both issues for me. I think. Thank you. Hello, Bianca Chu again. Housing and affordable housing is a really important issue to me. I am probably on my sixth or seventh rental in Saanich since I've been here. When I first started renting, $500 was the average for a room, and we all know that is not the case anymore. My partner um, is actually being renovicted as of November 1st, so when I finish these things, uh, all of our talks off in the day, we go home and we try to look things up. For me, I believe in a lot of the key things that some of the other colleagues or candidates have mentioned before, and it is about densifying and increasing housing in the key urban areas to make sure that they're still walkable, to make sure that you can still bus there, and leveraging developers to make sure that the people who are motivated to build and to have um, profit are also increasing affordable housing units in them as well and making it more accessible for people to access and understand how to use these uh, resources and working more provincially and Thank you. nationally. I'll have to Thank you. you off there. Thank you. On to Dean. Thank you. Uh, Dean Murdoch, candidate for Saanich Mayor. Uh, housing is without a doubt the biggest issue I hear about on the doorstep. I meet lots of students who are paying a fortune to live in some really terrible accommodation. Uh, it's the number one thing I hear about from the students I teach in my classes. I think we can be proactive as a municipality that has land to work with senior governments and nonprofit housing providers to put that land up as available for affordable housing. And I mean non-market geared to income affordable housing. We can work with the University of Victoria that has immense land holdings to put those lands up as opportunities for the creation of affordable housing. And I think we can work as a regional partner with the other regional municipalities to create a land bank, to acquire land that would be available to put up, uh, to match against senior government funding to create affordable housing. We can work to collaboratively with our partners to make greater affordability possible. It just means we have to take action. We have to stop the endless planning. Thank you. That is all the time you have. And on to Karen. Uh, Karen Harper again. Yes, as uh, vice chair of our housing strategy and task force, I am very interested in this topic, so thank you very much. 
But there's a campaign right now going around that everyone deserves a family doctor. And while that's true, more fundamental is everyone must have a, fam a home to live in. And that is the most fundamental thing of all. So how would we achieve that? Supply is part of the issue. And the way we treat that supply by putting it in the right places is very important. And by ensuring that we have affordability baked into each of them. But we really also need to be partnered with the province and the federal government because true affordability is only achieved when in fact the federal government and the province provides additional funding. So the other thing we need to do is we need to attack things far more quickly than we currently do, but that's way more than I can say in the next five seconds. So I will stop here. Thank you. Thank you and on to Art. How many people in the audience have actually had experienced a period of homelessness? Put up your hands, please. Or had trouble getting a rental? There's quite a few people out there, isn't it? It's a sad situation. My niece, actually, she's up here at UVic. She's a wonderful girl. She's doing her autistic socialism, so, social worker degree. She works 60 hours a week during the summer. She's also part of the Canucks Autism Network. She's been kicked out three times in the last 18 months out of her housing. I have a stake in this, too. We've tried. We've tried through creating affordable housing and down marketing. Maybe we need to create land banks. I really think the solution is, again, putting pressure on the Board of Governors and the university administration, and you can do it. Put that pressure on. I don't care if it's a walkout or letters or whatever kind of campaign you guys do, but the pressure has got to be put on the university administration. Council can only do so much. We're in your corner, and thank you for your support. on to Mark. Thank you. Mark Laren Young, also a renter. So I've spent a lot of time over the last few years listening to students share the challenges you're facing. And yes, I know, UVic has new houses being built, new units being built, and that's fantastic. It's not enough. Nowhere near enough. UVic needs to build or buy more housing now. Camosun needs to start providing housing now. We need to lobby the BC government to help make that possible, and I will lobby for you. The UVic Student Society has a banner where students have been sharing your horror stories. I'm going to share some. Walk-in closet, $600. Room without windows, $1,000. Obligated to be in a polyamorous relationship. Still wanted, $800. More like a brothel. Having to couch surf for two years because no housing responded to me. And two people wrote, free rent if you send naked pics. This is a housing crisis. We need to treat it like a crisis. So Saanich has one of the slowest approval processes in the entire province, and we need to modernize it and harness the powers of IT and update our systems so we're not passing papers through offices. I was really pleased that the current council has done a lot of work on basement suites and garden suites, but those bylaws need to be reviewed and updated now that we've had them out for a few years. But also, my vision for Saanich is one that, if you're an urban planning nerd, is called the streetcar neighborhood design. And this is one where we have our density in core areas and along major corridors with lots of mixed use. And the reason why this is really important is it creates affordable commercial space for places like doctors and childcare facilities to move in and small businesses. But it's also transit oriented. Because when we're talking about housing and the cost of housing, we often forget that transit and transportation is intimately linked. So we have to make sure that as we build our communities, they're walkable, they're transit accessible, and we're moving away from the automobile-centric design of our city. 
on to Leslie. Hi, Leslie Miller-Brooks. Well, um, being new, I started doing some research, and housing's been a problem since at least 1989. <laughs> That's a long time to not solve a housing problem. Um, and I'm somebody who likes to think outside the box and have a few crazy ideas, and so I'm sort of <laughs> pushing that maybe any house in the area in Saanich that's 75 years or older, World War II or older, would automatically be able to suite. And the other idea is hosting a tiny home in someone's backyard for up to two years, off the grid. And I think that that might be a partial solution for quick, because the other problems, the others are long-term solutions that require federal, municipal, and provincial funding. Does anybody have a cell phone? Do any of you carry cell phones with you? MarkNewfeld.ca. We spent hours going through our housing policy, and it's in great detail, and I'd love you to look at it there. Um, Midgard, twice on Shelbourne, over here, Island Road. These are all the places that I lived before the 1990s started. There were housing crises then. We need to start making longer-term decisions about our houses. I love the idea of people who own single-family dwellings having some of students live in their houses. I think that's a great idea. Right now, my son is 200 pounds and six foot five. He's the smallest of four men living in a basement suite, and I'm still helping him pay the rent while my wife and I are. This challenge has been going on for a long time, and we got to get ahead of it. I think there's great creative ideas here. I implore Thank you, you to that visit all the time you have. that I'll website. Have to cut you Thank off you. There. Thank you. On to Fred. Fred Haynes again, Mayor of Saanich, running for re-election. I promised GVAT, Greater Victoria Acting Together, to meet with them in the first week after my re-election so that we can address 30% affordable housing. That, that means housing that is 30% below the cost of market. We're also going to look at lobbying the federal and provincial government for their lands and their funding. But I didn't stop there. Here is a letter signed by the 13 mayors of the region and endorsed by your president, Kevin Hall, to the Minister of Education to ask them to please release more funding so the campuses can use their land, their car parks and their spare land for more on-campus housing. Sandwich recently passed an update to our garden suite where you can live in a secondary suite in the house and the top floor and also have a garden suite in the back garden as appropriate. There are real actions we can take. The Co-op Association wrote and said, we are grateful for all your work to preserve the affordability of co-op homes for our most vulnerable members. It's not what I say about me, it's what others Thank are saying you, about I'll me that matters. Cut you off there. Thank you. This chair sneak up on you. Look, housing, uh, you know, as, a, as an issue is something that I, I've worked with people who are experiencing homelessness for, for over a decade now. And the, the core problem is that we don't, we, we often just lump housing together, but affordable housing is what we need, not just housing in general. We need supportive housing. We need social housing. All these things, we need cooperative housing. All these things are provincial and federally funded opportunities that the municipality has to work with those other levels of government to achieve. 
We also need better efficiencies for ensuring that we can get approvals and permits through in a reasonable and expedient amount of time. Housing is something that we can make happen, and it can be affordable, but capitalism is not going to solve it. Not market housing, non-market housing. Thank, Thank you. you. And on to Susan. Susan Bryce. The issue of housing has a lot of players that have to be involved. Federal, provincial, not-for-profit, the faith community, private industry. We, as Saanich councillors, need to bring the parties together. That's a role we can play, bring parties together, and we have to find solutions. But also, as Saanich councillors, we are totally responsible for our land use planning and our transportation planning. Land use and transportation, they are so linked. You won't be surprised to know that, as a champion of public transit, I will totally work to ensure that any densification that occurs in any significant way is serviced by transit. In that way, we don't turn our housing crisis into exacerbating our climate emergency. On to Kathleen. Thank you. I work part-time for an organization called Community Options for Children and Families. We serve developmentally disabled individuals. We serve them with home share. So I know exactly what Judy was talking about, and it could be something that we could be doing here in Saanich for the students. I've also, as a volunteer, was a community reporter with Shaw TV. And if you go to my website, kathleenburton.ca, you'll see one of the stories I did was on tiny homes and how those could potentially be implemented in other places. There's a whole array of other things that can be done, like speeding up permits, densification, as my colleagues have mentioned. There is a number of things that we can be doing. I would like to work and push them all forward for you and for the rest of Saanich. Thank you. Thank you, and now Basil. Thank you, Basil Angevin. We've heard a lot of solutions tonight from a lot of my colleagues on the stage, and they're all needed. But I'm going to talk about something that hasn't come up, and that is homelessness. One of the biggest challenges we're facing as renters is, if we get evicted, we are at risk. And so a lot of other municipalities, countries, states have taken an approach called housing first, where you say, if you end up homeless, we give you a home, no questions asked. And it's remarkable. It actually costs less money to implement. It's, there's very few downsides, perhaps none. And so I'm committed within six months of election to have all of our homeless population housed within modular shelters and within two years to have permanent housing for them so that none of us will ever fear having to live on the streets. Thank you. Thank you. On to Zach. Zach DeVries, Chair of the Task Force that delivered Saanich's award-winning housing strategy. And I can't cover that in, in a minute, but it is a comprehensive list of actions that is aimed at uh, real concrete action across the housing spectrum, but focusing, of course, here on low-income and, and renters. Uh, there's a number of things that are important. One is uh, tenant assistance. 
uh, when there is redevelopment, I think we should have the strongest policy in Canada. We're not there yet, and that's something we should have in place. The other is Saanich should not be evicting students. And we have done this over the last term. We've increased the limit of, of roommates up to six, and that's a start. But our bylaw still, our zoning bylaw still discriminates against students in the matter that it requires people to live together on the basis of blood and marriage, which is discriminatory. So I want to put an end to that. Uh, the other piece is increasing the availability of housing. Every student in here knows, and many others here who rent or even own know there is a limited availability Thank of you. housing. I'll have to cut you off there. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll go on to Mina. Do you mind just repeating the question, please? So we stay on track. If elected, what concrete actions will you take to ensure there is more affordable housing in Saanich for low-income citizens and renters? And what was the last word? Renters. Thank you. So if elected, first of all, concrete actions. The first one I would do is absolutely work with all the stakeholders involved to increase density on our main corridors. I would also look to work with the Greater Victoria Student Society here at UVic to ensure housing is available for students right here on campus, which would mean us taking responsibility as a municipality to a land acquisition and properly support the university in having increased housing. I also chair the Intermunicipal Life Committee where I support all seven regions in helping people on low income, individuals and family to access recreation and looking at a similar model for them to access housing through a similar home share model that you've heard from a couple other people. That's one challenge when you're coming late in the line. But to work and seeing how we can help them to acquire housing with low income people and with older adults. We've learned from research that this is a win-win increase in socialization for the older Thank adult you. That is and all housing. The time you Thank have. you. And on to Rishi. Hi, Rishi Sharma. Um, what we need is pressure, pressure, and more pressure. I've been the chief of staff to seven different ministers and who gets action are those who are constantly writing and telling us they need help. There's also a council of federation. We want to get on the Council of Federation's table and talk about housing. I was able to get labor shortages on the topic for the premiers to talk about that, and they demanded that the federal government give us more money to act for labor shortages. We need the same strategy and the same pathway and create a narrative that gets to the premiers, that gets to the minister, that gets down to Saanich. We can do it. It's great that there was a letter that was written by 13 mayors. That's the way to start it. Get to UBCM, but work with the student societies, work with your presidents, work with the, gov the governor's office, and make sure that all of that pressure is continuing going. If I'm elected, I will start that and I'll work to spearhead that immediately because it is dire, it is a crisis, and we need a solution. And there's money out there. They just announced money for the provincial government. It's there. Let's bring it to Saanich. Let's build these homes in Saanich. Thank you. Hi there, I'm Natalie Chambers. I'm seeking um, re-election and election to the CRD board. See, the problem with our award-winning housing strategy is it has no affordable housing. So we were inter advertised as the most greenest and most affordable council ever, and I was so excited to get on board. And guess what? After four years, we didn't do what we said. We didn't replace the EDPA. We didn't create affordable housing, and in fact, 
really nice that some people are saying we'll do 30% now, but this council changed our definition of affordability. So um, there is places in Saanich, and we cannot solve this on density at all. This is systematic. We must stop looking at highest and best use of our ecosystems. It does not align with climate change. We must think of sustainable, natural solutions and not develop our keystone species and um, watersheds while we're developing. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, and on to Trevor. Hi, Trevor Berry again. Um, so there's, uh, oh, he, him, by the way. And I've lived in five addresses in Saanich, and I've gone back and forth between renting and owning. Uh, the Homes for Living, you'll hear those of us who were endorsed by Homes for Living. I'm on that list. And I took the GVAT pledge yesterday as well. I wanted to bring your attention to another group, Livable Victoria. They'll be putting out their Saanich survey results very shortly. And I think that is actually even more instructive as to affordable, livable housing for everyone in society. Uh, they have five big ideas, and I'm in favor of those. Um, one of them is a rental displacement program, so that when you are kicked out of a place, there's going to be, for development, when that development comes along, there's a place for you afterwards. The other thing I would say is a concrete thing is pre-zoning the corridors. This is where the smart growth transit-oriented density should be placed. The concrete action that five of us would have to agree on is to pre-zone those corridors. Thank you. Thank you, and on to Gregory. Gregory Maddy. Étant donné que nous sommes un pays bilingue avec deux langues officielles, je crois que c'est approprié que je parle au moins une fois en français. La situation telle qu'elle est artificielle, basée sur le fait que les définitions de les accommodations est mal définie et le contexte est mal expliqué. In short, you have been sold short by both the president of this college and university as well as Attica Molson. The shortage of housing is artificial. They don't have enough dormitories for you here at UAVIC, nor at Camolson, putting pressure on the local economy. That is wrong. The feds, the province, and us need to do something about it. We will now be moving on to the environmental section of the questions. You will have one minute to answer this question. In your opinion, is Saanich setting impactful and realistic environmental sustainability goals that mitigate the growth, the growing impacts of climate change? What could be done to improve these goals? <laughs> In your opinion, is Saanich setting impactful and realistic environmental sustainability goals that mitigate the growing impacts of climate change? What could be done to improve those goals? Thank you, and the first candidate to speak on that question will be Zach DeVries. Uh, the cold and ugly truth of it is we're not doing uh, near enough. I crunched the numbers on our annual uh, climate action plan re report card and it showed we're doing an excellent job of implementing the plan, but what it also showed is that uh, we are 59 years away 
from reaching our 2030 targets. And so I'm committed to the funding that's required and the actions that are required and the leadership. And I do think we need strong government leadership on the climate action file. And it's, it's something that we have to uh, bear directly in mind. And, and in other debates, we've heard a lot of talk about uh, keeping budgets below inflation, uh, not even thinking about wage growth, let alone managing the risks of climate change and unaffordability and other issues. And so I'm committed to moving towards these solutions because uh, we have to do so like life depends on it because in fact it really does. Thank you. Thank you. Well this is a big topic and obviously top of mind for all of us. I will just start by saying that I think the world is changing and growing and getting warmer faster than we are learning about it or are being equipped to know how to sustain our livable lifestyles in it. So I would be 100% in support of allocating funds or reaching into organizations that can support climate change to educate us. Because I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you that I know all of the ins and outs about climate change, but I can tell you that I am someone that will research it, support it, and know the importance of it. So super hot topic, no pun intended, but uh, we, need, we need to spend more time in our sustainability. Thank you. That was funny, super hot topic. No, I, I thought it was good. <laughs> so when I started working on climate action, it was years ago uh, in, the, in, in the ministry, and I had to go around and convince people that climate action is real. When we introduced a carbon tax, people were against it. When we talked about carbon neutrality, people didn't want to believe that there was even a solution. When we talked about carbon offsets, they're like, what's that? We are going in the right direction, but I'm concerned I'm starting to hear again people talking about it not being an emergency in particular crowds. So we need to continue to put the public awareness out there from Saanich any way we can to make sure that this is critical, this is a priority. We need to look at some efficiencies so we can actually put money into adaptation strategies because we will be hit with something and we can see it now. And so looking at adaptation strategies, looking at more sustainability, looking at learning from our urban uh, agriculture folks, uh, rural agriculture for it, so we can do more in urban agriculture and the housing that we're building. We do need to do more. They've done a good job, but we do Thank need to do you. more. Thank you. I'll have to cut you off there. Thank you very much. We'll move to Natalie. Your vote matters. The 2022 general local elections are coming up on October 15th. This is a chance for you to impact your city or municipality by voting for a mayor, set of councillors, and other officials. Find out about the candidates in your area and voting locations. Go to elections.bc.ca. Picture this. You. Live. On the radio. Yep. You. I mean you. Can host your own show at CFUV. We'll teach you everything you need to know to get started. No previous experience required. Go to cfuv.ca and click on volunteer to start living your radio dream today. Sorry, what was the question? Sorry, I just got away from myself there. No problem. In your opinion, is Sanage setting impactful and realistic environmental sustainability goals 
that mitigate the growing impacts of climate change? Actually, no. And um, so I'm seeking re-election and to the CRD. And actually, no. And here is why. And I need to explain this to you. It's because we are basing our carbon climate action on territorial emission reduction in the future. So we are transferring nationally around bio, nationally renowned biodiversity in, in our hotspot here. And we are transferring it into non-pervious pipes and into um, into non-pervious surfaces. And we do not have adequate environmental policy. We've processed 450 permits this year that have not been publicly, um, not all having full public amenities. So we have approved development for the future that does not meet the equity and environmental standards, doesn't even have um, adequate environmental standards and were approved. So I stood up to those developments and I said no. And um, we need to um, be logical and we cannot rely on um, roads and buildings um, exclusively. Thank you. That is all the time you have. And on to Trevor. Trevor Berry, uh, 10 years as a climate policy expert. Um, the question is about mitigating impacts. It's an interesting wording, because in climate, we have mitigation and adaptation. Mitigation is basically reducing GHGs. Adaptation is becoming resilient in the face of changes that are coming our way, because we have a baked-in world of plus 2.5 degrees already. On mitigation, Saanich is doing better than most places, but I would argue for the amount of political will we have for mitigation in Saanich, we're still not doing enough, corporately or at the community-wide level. In adaptation, I think the larger risk that we are trying to mitigate the harms of isn't the impacts of extreme weather events on our own land base, but it's the in-migration of climate refugees from elsewhere in the country and around the world that are going to come to our shores, and it goes right back to the housing and affordability and livability question. Thank you. On to Gregory. This election is about the dichotomy between the sanctimonious rhetoric of the current council and the reality of the bylaws that they protect. There's a dichotomy. They talk about the housing crisis and the need to densify and to cut down 100-year-old trees on Shelburne Street to increase the housing in Shelburne, yet they deny someone with a 10-acre estate around Prospect Lake to have a garden cottage for their kid. The rhetoric is defying the logic. The bylaws don't make sense. You need a new council. Thank you. Thank you, and on to Jordan. I think it's Jordan McDougall again. Um, I think that we need to look through all of our policy lenses and all of the municipal responsibilities with the view of an env environmental impact. I, I, and for an example, when we look at our stormwater management, we need to be looking at new ways to deal with our water. I've, I talked to people in Sanish, wanted them to put tanks in the ground to hold stormwater, and he spent three months looking for an engineer who would actually build him a swale. He put a swale in, and all of a sudden, all that water that was going to go into a tank was used to make an entire front yard that had an entire ecosystem, which then boosts your mental health and his neighbor's mental health when they garden there. We, need, we know that these tree canopies are important for holding uh, not just white rainwater retention, but, our, but protecting us from the sunlight. So when we develop and we build these new affordable homes and these new homes for our community, we need to be looking at investing in environmental tactics as well. Thank you. 
you on to Sasha. This is the reason I stand before you today. I have stewarded Gary Oak Groves for years with a focus on invasive foreign plant species removal, and I have an all-electric power tool landscaping business. A few months ago, I was the only person with the landscaping business to provide testimony to Oak Bay Council about electric equipment. The result that night was a unanimous decision to plan a three-year phase-out on all gas landscaping equipment, January 1st, 2026. In comparison, the majority of Sanitary Council voted against banning gas leaf blowers, making their pedantic platitudes about climate change all the more hypocritical. We need to protect Gary Oaks in more than just name and other local tree species as well. Sanitary's lack of protection for mature trees has been more than apparent. It couldn't be further on display. The chainsawing this week of numerous boulevard trees on Shelburne, including memorial trees for more paving, couldn't be clear on the subject. Sanish plans to remove 116 total along Shelburne. Similarly, the destruction of numerous supposedly protected mature trees, including Gary Oaks on nearby Finnerty here and Milner Avenue for development and road expansion, was a horrendous assault on what remains of our local ecosystems. Thank you. SashaIsart.com. Thank you, and on to Colin. Hello, my name is Colin Plant. I'm going to answer the question as opposed to just rant about what I believe. And I'm going to ask you tonight, when you go home, ask, ask yourself this. Did they answer the question or did they just rant about what they're unhappy about? Rant about what they believe should be done. So here we go. What can we do? Is Saanich setting impactful and realistic goals? Yes, we're setting realistic goals. Are we getting there? Not fast enough. What are we going to do to get there? We need to help the public transition to new ways of doing things, whether or not that's through grants so that people can actually change what they do in their homes so that it's additional public transit, whether or not it is inventing a new, and in fact adopting a new biodiversity strategy, an environmental stewardship plan. These are things we can do and we are trying to do them. You don't get a degree in one year. Sanich's plan is a multi-year plan that we're working on. Thank you. And on to Judy. So uh, the question is, are we doing enough? You know, we've been working on this for quite some time. I was pleased to sponsor a motion with Dean Murdoch that Saanich become 100% renewable. And we're working towards that. All levels of government need to do more. Uh, we signed on to the decade of ecosystem restoration, and we're doing it. We need to do more. When we rebuild or do something with buildings, they have to be sustainable. Take a look at our new number two fire hall. And then I'd say, take a look at the mechanical upgrade to Commonwealth Place. It's biomass. We got a $4 million grant. It will see 90% reduction in greenhouse gases. Thank you. Thank you, and over to Bianca. Hello. Hello, Bianca Chu. I am quite a new candidate, and so I can't be up here to pretend like I have all the answers to everything. I can say, though, that the current council, they have done a lot to uh, really build in a lot of sustainability, and they do want to address climate change. I will say, though, I don't think any of us are changing fast enough. 
I think we're starting behind the ball, and I do think we need more proactive decisions and proactive actions. I do believe increasing education and as well helping to transition over to more sustainable options while also understanding that not everybody has the privilege and the ability to understand all these things yet. And so I would like to help move that into that direction. We are also, uh, it's all linked together, so sustainability needs to be built into all of our choices and decisions, including food security. We are in a state of crisis and the world is burning. Thank you. Thank you. And on to Dean. Dean Murdoch running to be your mayor. Uh, I want to thank Zach for his analysis on uh, Saanich's targets versus its current action. 59 years off a target that's only eight years away. We're 150 years off our net zero target. We have got to accelerate our actions, including making it easier, safer, and more affordable for people to get around on foot, on bike, rolling, or taking transit densifying our centers so that people don't have to hop in a car. And from a mitigation, or pardon me, from an adaptation perspective, we need to be preparing ourselves for the impacts of climate, uh, for, of climate change. We've been dealing with heat waves, we've been dealing with flooding. We need to restore our natural systems. We need to create those natural spillways, like on Boker Creek, so that that water can be stored on the land and not flood people's homes. We need to be planting trees to absorb carbon, to absorb that rainwater, and to replenish our air with oxygen. And I'm proposing 100,000 new trees by 2032 so that we can work with nature. Thank you. That is all Thank the you. time you have. Over to Karen. Yes, I'm going to ask, answer the question directly. We have good goals. Are we meeting them? No. And you've heard, uh, heard about that. And why are we not meeting those goals ultimately? It's not because people aren't aware of what's going on. It's not because they don't want to. It's because we have a baked-in system. We have a, a suburban sprawl that is car-centric. Berkeley did a study of over 700 cities around the world, and the single most important thing we can do to deal with climate change is to put our additional housing densifying along transit routes. Most of our greenhouse gas emissions come from two places, housing and transit. So the degree to which we can make new housing in the right places and make it easy for all of us to live in 15 to 20 minute communities so we're not so car dependent, that's an important part of the picture. Thank you. Art Pollard, I think we've done a really good job, actually, the council. But as was pointed out earlier, yes, we can go further. I think I'm not an expert on GHD reduction. I never would claim to be one. But I think each of us in the audience is doing our part. We reduce, we recycle, we cycle. I don't cycle, but I do cycle on a stationary bike. I'm not that old or too old to do that. I think the important thing that we as citizens is we should do our, our part. In many ways, that's the way to do it. It's, it's the small things in life that are gonna get us to the end point of reducing those GHGs, whether it's cycling a bit more, recycling a bit more. We have a waste problem out at Heartland. We cut down 10 acres of trees because we're still a very wasteful society. And any little part we can do to reduce the waste we're also saving trees, and we need those trees for the oxygen because we all need to breathe, and I want to continue to live on a planet Thank that you. breathes. Thank you. I'll have to cut you off there. And on to Mark. Question, because I want to make sure I hit the answer. 
In your opinion, is Saanich setting impactful and realistic environmental sustainability goals that mitigate the growing impacts of climate change? What could be done to improve those goals? Thanks. I'm going to kick off responding to the first part so that I don't lose my time. So realistic, sure, impactful, not enough, not fast enough. I'd like to get more ambitious. When I'm not at UVic, I'm the whale guy. I wrote the orca exhibit at the Royal BC Museum. I've written four books about endangered orcas, uh, two movies about them, a podcast about oceans, enviro <laughs> the environment, and ecoethics. Please like and subscribe. Uh, also, book on climate change helped in a movie on climate change and or climate crisis. And one of my top priorities, reframing the way we look at the environment. There's a fantastic program that was pioneered in Gibson's. It's now adopted in about 100 communities across Canada. It's called Natural Assets Management. And basically, it's a program where you put a value on water, wildlife, and trees and stop treating them as externalities and treat them as what they are, valuable, precious, and irreplaceable. Thank you. Over to Teal. So I, I live sustainability and the environment every day. I work in marine conservation, and I find a lot of these large issues like climate change or illegal fishing to be very large and overwhelming. And so I try to break them down to very small steps. So to answer the question, we have pretty decent goals. I'm carrying our climate change plan here, um, but we're nowhere near meeting them. One of the reasons why you're going to hear me talking about road safety so much is I've identified transportation, and many people have, as a major way of reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. 2017, we had 5% mode share in transportation, uh, in bikes. The goal in our climate change plan is 22% by 2030, 30% by 2050. We're nowhere near that goal because our streets are a death trap. So when you hear me talking about road safety, it's because we need to make our roads safer so we can then ask people to get out and walk and bike and wheel, and we are certainly not doing that. We're nowhere near vision zero. We have to be prioritizing the safety of vulnerable road users if we want to encourage active transportation. Thank you. Over to Leslie. The answer is no. We have great goals. There's a really good plan in place. Um, but someone, and I don't remember, the organization offered us an opportunity to have a workshop before the talks began. And we need 30% of the buildings, buildings, houses, etc., to be um, net zero by 2030 in order for us to even begin to start going down in a significant way. So transportation is the other big emitter. Um, but I do want to encourage all of you to join us, the council, and all of us making the biggest effort that we can possibly make. Do your own 25% by 2025. Thank you. Thank you. Over to Mark. Victoria Climate Hub. I'm a member. Um, I spent five years working with Dr. Andrew Weaver, the top climate modeler, and sharing of a Nobel Prize laureate talking about how we could not only change the climate so it suits us, so it works better, so we get back to balance, but also how we can teach about it. And I think a lot of people, if they understood this challenge and how pressing it is more, we could get there. I think climate needs a role model. And we do have a good plan. I've worked for 12 years with two directors of sustainability. They understand this well. Many of my students have worked with those directors of sustainability. 
I will pledge to you that over four years, I will do everything that I can to make sure we are the leading municipality in Canada. Because I think as a role model, everyone else can look to us and go, if they can do it, we can do it. Thank you. Thank you. Over to Fred. Thank you. Still Fred Haynes, mayor running for re-election. I'm the mayor that was advocate, the eco-advocates have put forward as their climate champion. That's based on the way I live my life and the policies I've been working to bring forward and delivering. One of the biggest impediments we have to achieving our climate goals is everybody in this room needs to pick up and do their share. It's impossible for government to do it alone. There's 125,000 residents in Saanich. If everybody did a little bit, that would add up to a great deal. That said, we're doing everything we can to shift from car, tr car and gas tr transportation to, m to bicycle, buses, etc. That's 60% of our carbon. Additionally, we have a tree planting program that Sandwich offers everybody. You can get a free tree. The uptake on that has not been sufficient to meet our goals. So it, the point is about this climate change, we're all in it together. We need to incentivize you more. Several people have said that. We have programs for Thank you. That's ringing the, the bell. Time you have. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We'll go on to Jordan. Uh, Jordan Reichert, um, if you look back to the back of the room, there's a young 13-month-old baby girl, and um, her name's Fern, I'm her uncle. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm running, is because I'm really concerned for he her future. I'm concerned for the environment that she's gonna be inheriting. And a big part of that is because of anthropocentrism. We cannot continue to have the, hold the belief of infinite growth in a world of finite resources. We need to shift at every level of our society, especially in our politics, to an ecocentric model, a model that doesn't put people first, but works with nature rather than against it and just always taking from it. That's what I want to bring to Saanich Council, is an ecocentric lens for everything that we do, whether it's housing, whether it's transportation, whether it's Thank safety or infrastructure. You Thank you. There. And on to Susan. Thank you. So many uh, good ideas. And uh, when you're 19th speaking about it, you're wanting to add something to the dialogue. Um, obviously, Saanich actually was kind of an early adapter in understanding climate change, the impact, and what had to be done. Saanich has had some pretty sort of forward-thinking policies, but we, like every city, are falling way short of where we need to be uh, in order to meet uh, our goals. The buildings and the transportation, that's where the greenhouse gases come from. And on my theme of transit, which uh, you know is my grand passion, we are transitioning to a 100% electric bus fleet. The first 10 are on order, about to arrive any time. And when that fleet is fully transitioned, that will indeed do a transit's part of reducing those GHG emissions. Thank you. If I understood the question correctly, it was, are the goals realistic and impactful? They are absolutely impactful. Some of them 
not so realistic. We need to revisit some of that. We need to work faster at some of that. Also, some people had mentioned, some of the candidates mentioned that council hadn't necessarily done a good job. Council's done a great job when it comes to the environment. They just haven't been able to move things fast enough. Past councils, maybe not quite so much. They removed the EDPA without putting a plan in place to put in something new to replace it. They have, however, put in a great climate action plan and it's won awards. I can't take credit for it. I'm not on council yet, but I'd like to be. I was the executive director of Swan Lake Christmas Hill Nature Sanctuary for six and a half years. I was part of the Naturehood group who brought the community the Naturehood map for throughout the, the pandemic to get you outside and spending time in nature. Thank you, that's all the time you have. And on to Basil. Basil Langevin. Sorry, distracted by the back of the room. Um, Zach and I were debating at the start. I thought I might be able to share the statistic because I was one seat before him, but joke's on me. The truth is we're not going far enough and we're not going fast enough. And when I hear things like, oh, these goals aren't realistic, I mean, for the young people in this audience, do we want to live another 60, 70 years in the world that we're creating? I don't think that sounds so realistic to me. So Sandwich can be doing a lot more on climate action, and I do commend the current council on the work that they've been doing. The reality is we are in a region, in a world that has been built without sustainability in mind. And so on transportation, on housing, on environmental restoration and protection, there is more that we can be doing and that we need to be doing, and I'm committed to that. Thank you. So now we're entering into our hot seat question in which you only get 30 seconds to answer, so best be quick. <laughs> the question is, if elected, what do you see as the greatest obstacle or challenge you will personally face on council during your term? And the first candidate to speak on that will be Basil Langevin. <laughs> biggest, ooh, I'll start again. I'm pretty sure I know what my biggest obstacle and challenge is gonna be because I've already experienced it on this doorstep in our community. Homophobia, transphobia still exist, ageism, ableism. Um, these are all things that I've faced. I have to stay away from Twitter because of the hatred and the backlash. But I'm running because I think it's important that we have a diversity of voices at the table that we have, thank oh, you. we're out of time. Yeah, thank you, that is all the time you have. Hot seat. It really is a hot seat. <laughs> Zach DeVries, and I think uh, one of the biggest uh, challenges uh, I'll, I'll face is one that I faced this last term is sometimes uh, I get into a space where I just work too hard and I forget to take care of myself and that is detrimental over the long term. I felt it this campaign, uh, injuring my knee by knocking on too many doors. I felt it uh, uh, through uh, this last term at times uh, focusing too much on work and not enough on the balance that will keep me working hard in the long term. So that is something that I will be dedicated to fixing this term. Thank you. 
My biggest challenge being on council will probably be similar to being in my own home. I like to go, 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 go. And sometimes the house is quiet and I have five boys that I live with that are on the couch. So I, um, I don't anticipate that with the high energy people that you see behind me and I'm with them. We'll be hopefully creating a high functioning, action packed, we can do it attitude. And that's gonna be my biggest challenge to keep going. And hopefully my type A personality is kept in check. Thank you. Hi, my biggest challenge will be trying to suppress my action-oriented personality. I work for the bureaucracy, and I'm always trying to move items forward, move items forward, and it's roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. So I will be challenged with trying to find a way to find pathways for conclusion and solutions. And uh, hopefully we can all work together as a council, consensus building, and move, move these really important items forward. Thank you, and on to Natalie. Thank you very much. My biggest challenge on council is that I'm a 100% not developer funded counselor and I did not take the, the Queen's oath. So I um, have an obligation. I understand whose territory we're on and um, it's sometimes hard to explain and fill the gap between colonial um, land use studies and what we need to do on this territory to, to respect the First Nations who live here and their desires for the land undrip and all of that. Thank you. On to Trevor. Hi, Trevor Berry, top of the ballot. Um, four years ago, I ran for the fun of it and I fell in love with democracy and I've been going to Saanich Council every Monday night for four years and I am so excited to get elected and make all the difference in the world, but the challenge I will have is that I'm a policy expert and a community organizer and I am not very good at politics and I'm gonna have to learn to cobble together and get to know everyone's little like pinch points and how to get them to get on side with me on a, on a notice of motion or something like that. So that's gonna be the challenge. Thank you. And we'll go to Gregory. If I remember the question, it had to do with uh, the biggest obstacle. I think the biggest obstacle actually is the obstinacy of the current staff on Sanish Council. They have been defying and distracting the truth from Council. Council themselves most have full-time jobs. So they cannot invest the time and the effort that they should in serving you. And as a result, they get tricked, they get fooled, they get misled. So the biggest obstacle is truth. Having a PhD in, in public policy and being fully retired, you, I'll be Val. able to, de to cut you dive into there. the details. Thank you. And we'll go on to Jordan. Uh, shortly before COVID, I had a friend who was on the national rowing team and he was biking down Cedar Hill and got hit by a car and, and became paralyzed. And I think my biggest challenge coming into council is balancing these processes where we're putting bike lanes in and trying to make them safe in an efficient manner on time because time is of the essence, but also balancing a budget and doing it reasonable, putting bike lanes down side roads when we're already putting them down main roads. How do we balance that processes that are already begun versus the processes that need to happen? Thank you. Hit. Fred said lobby earlier. Being muzzled. This term watching the webcast, I was very disturbed at the way Natalie Chambers was treated, and I feel that was very undemocratic. Everybody's voices deserve to be heard. Thank you. 
This is a great question. What is the greatest obstacle? I've been doing it for the last eight years with the support of my family, trying to find a balance between teaching full-time, working at uh, being CRD board chair, and also working with my eight other colleagues. But I think the biggest obstacle for me is how do we bring people who are thinking in the older way of the environment when we have to look at doing environmental policies in a new way? So I think the biggest challenge will be how we get our community back in the chamber, how we get the community working with us on some of these really crucial issues. COVID did a number on all of us. And, you know, Saanich was locked down, security, plexiglass. I want to make sure that we can reach out to our community and our associations and bring them back into what we need them to do, work with us on the future. Thank you. Thank you. Over to Bianca. Thank you for the question. I think uh, on top of balancing all the types of priorities that we um, will have to do, I think a personal, a personal obstacle of mine is actually exploring safety, uh, being somebody who might have to stay late at council meetings, because I do go late sometimes. I myself am concerned of walking to my car at nighttime, because it is the real reality of it, and that is uh, one of the many things that I think will be, will be uh, interesting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Dean Murdoch, running to be your mayor. Uh, I think that the greatest challenge that I, I will be facing, this group of people will be facing, is the one I'm looking forward to most, and that's bringing a diverse group of people together to work together on your priorities. We're all going to be excited and fired up coming in off of the campaign trail, and we need to make sure that we set those priorities in common so that we can work together with community to deliver on action. And uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to, to getting the job started. Great question, and I think following up on what Dean just said, we all have different ways of looking at the world, and I'm always one who says, why do we do it? Can we do it differently? I like to think outside the box. And so for me, and it's gotten a lot better over the last term, it's sort of presenting those alternative points of view and getting people to say, maybe we could do things differently. Maybe we shouldn't do them just because we've done them for the last 30 years. So to me, that's sort of one of the biggest challenges that I face and that I'm going to keep on taking on. Thank you. Thank you. Over to Art. biggest obstacle? What a wonderful question. The biggest obstacle out there in the political world and out in the real world is misinformation and how it spreads through toxic forms like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, which I will never join. And I think that we should get through that little thing about uh, how misinformation feeds into every part of our lives.